Hello, and welcome to Logos and Life Community Church, where the revelation of God's Word meets life application, where you have the freedom to worship and serve. If you ever find yourself in Shreveport, Louisiana, we would love for you to join us. But for now, join us for a message that is already in progress. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, say at the proper time. At the proper time. At the proper time, he may exalt you, casting all of your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Tell your neighbor, he cares for you. He cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings that are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Yes. After you have suffered for a little while. Mm. Okay. After you have suffered for a little while, yeah, yeah. the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself Restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Before I um, give you your title, I want to bring your attention to one more verse right here. It says, after you have suffered mm -hmm. for a little while. Amen? Yeah. The title today is Grow Through What You Go Through. Yes. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's good. All right. That's good. Grow Through What You Go Through. You can be seated in the name of the Lord on today. What you've heard me read was the reading from God's holy writ. Grow through what you go through. Now many of us view suffering and as a hardship that we just got to survive. You know, you ask somebody that's dealing with something, they just say, I'm just trying to make it through that. But I want to tell you that if you decide to sit down and close your eyes to your suffering, that when you open your eyes, you will notice that suffering has sat down right next to you. That just by closing your eyes and doing nothing is not going to make your financial suffering change. It's not going to make the grief change. And watch this. If you sit down and don't allow grief to process, grief will sit down right next to you. And when you open your eyes and realize that you're still in the same place, that's because you haven't grown through what you've gone through. Mm -hmm. yeah. So my question is, what did your suffering teach you about you? Mm -hmm. And what did your suffering teach you about God? Mm -hmm. Today I want us to make a vow, and I pray that you can make this vow. I don't want to make you make the vow, but I hope you make the vow to say, Pastor, I am going to begin to grow through what I go through. Now, Dealing with the text, Peter is a very good person to be used as an example or a portrait of growing through what you're going through. Because when you read in the New Testament, the Peter that you see walking and teaching God's word in Acts and 1st and 2nd Peter is not the same Peter you meet in the Gospels. Because you can see that, remember it was Jesus that told him that, that, that Satan demands to sift you like wheat. But Jesus says, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you turn again, strengthen your brothers. Jesus is 
is telling them, you about to go through some suffering. Yeah, yeah. But I pray that your faith fails you not. That he says, I pray that you'll grow through what you go through. And he says, and when you do, come back and show yourself to your brothers because they're going to need strength too. Peter here in this text is making his final appeal to the Christians of Asia Minor in regards of how to handle your suffering. That you will suffer. Now, I'll just pause here for a moment. First of all, let you know something about suffering is that everybody going to suffer. You will suffer. You have suffered. And if you haven't, you go suffer. Hello, somebody. But the text Peter is using to tell them, don't just go through it. Yeah. You know how we say, um, this too shall pass. Yeah, yeah. But we miss the message of this too shall pass. Yeah. This too shall pass is not saying just sit there and close your eyes and wait for the wind to stop blowing. No, this too shall pass is saying, I know who I am to God. I know who yeah. God is to me. I know how God is going to handle this. So I know I'm going to be all right. Yeah, that's good. But let's look at how to grow through what you go through. Look at verse 6. Verse 6 says, humble yourselves before the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing we do. We must humble ourselves before the Lord. Where does it say that, Pastor? Verse 6, it says, humble yourself, therefore, under the Lord. Mm-hmm. Under yourself, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time. Now watch this. When you look at verse 7, it says, casting all your anxieties on him. That word anxieties, when you really break it down, it, it is, you can see it as worries, but that word is, is called divide. Uh-huh. And what happens is your sufferings and your worries has a way of dividing the good thoughts from the bad thoughts and only leaving you with bad thoughts and suffering thoughts and put you into a place to where your anxieties uh-huh. has now consumed you. Uh-huh. He says all the before it consumes you, you probably want to give it to God. See, because what happens is, is that when we consume it, we become focused by it and focused on it, and then we just suffer. And then the worries and the anxieties tend to distract us, and we become so distracted and so consumed by what we're going through that we fail to be productive for God. It's amazing that we'll go through stuff, and as we go through it, we stop doing what we was doing for God. Because we're going through what we're going through with us. Not knowing that what we're suffering is just a tool that God is using to show us our limitations. It's just a tool of him showing us how much we should depend on him. Our suffering is a tool for us to see just how much we need him. Just how much we depend on him. Suffering was not God's way of punishing you. It was a way that God used to grow you. Ah. I'm just trying to change how you see suffering. And even in the text, Peter gives an antidote to anxieties. Peter gives an antidote to worrying. He says the antidote to worrying is believing in and resting in God's care for you. Because he says, um, cast your anxieties on the Lord. But then he says, why you can't? Because he cares enough to receive them. He cares enough to cast. Do you know that God care enough and do you know he care enough by casting your worries and your struggles and your strife upon him? He's saying, humble yourself before the Lord. Pastor, how is that humbling myself? It's when I can lower myself enough to know 
inadequate. That I can lower myself enough to know where I am is somewhere that God going to have to handle. See, but when you figure that you can do it yourself, see, because here, here comes Peter. You remember when God goes to Jesus goes to Peter and he tells him that, hey, I want to go with you and I'm going with you and I and, and, and I got this and we good. He says, You're gonna deny me? Not me, Jesus. I ain't gonna deny you. No. Because he figured that my encounter with Satan I can handle on my own. That's what Peter thought. But then when he turned around and heard himself deny Christ. Then he began to suffer. And when you suffer, you have a tendency of lowering oneself. Yeah. What if suffering was designed to put you on your knees? Mm -hmm. What if suffering was designed to show you how much we need God? How do I humble myself? You lower yourself. Verse 6 says, so that at the proper time. What if I tell you in your, in your struggles or in your suffering that they won't last always? He says at the proper time, which he don't say forever. He says at the proper time, which means you won't suffer forever, that God will see where you are in that struggle, how you depended on him during your suffering. And at that time, at the proper time, at the right time, it says he will exalt you. Oh, let me pause right here. That's why the end of verse 5 is so important. The end of verse 5 says God opposes the proud. God opposes those that think they can do it themselves. God opposes those that can exalt themselves and exalt themselves above your limitations to tell God, I got this. Yeah. God opposes that, which means you have now put yourself in opposition to God because you just told God, I don't need you for this. Mm -hmm. But he says that he gives grace to the humble, which simply means that God says, I am here with a plan to lift you up, right? He says, at the proper time, he may exalt you. Let me help you. This is why the suffering should bring you to your knees. Because God is only lifting what's down. Because if you're already up, you have no need to be lifted. Right. Humble yourselves before the Lord. Yeah. I was just sitting here thinking about all that I suffered as I was writing this. And in every suffering, Steve, every suffering, James, it always showed me how limited I was in my abilities. Yeah, yeah. I was in pain this week going back and forward to the doctor with nothing I can do. Okay, that's all right. <laughs> it seemed like I'm at the mercy of the doctor, almost just waiting for the next call, waiting for the reading on the ultrasound, waiting yeah. for lab results, waiting to hear what the doctor said, waiting. But it wasn't until, but it was during my suffering I found my limitations. And I don't know about you, but boy, when you suffer, you have a way of calling on God and a lot more differently yeah. than you hear. I, I don't know what's going on. I've tried it all, but my, I'm still having problems. I, 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 I'm dealing with financial lack, but I, and I'm trying to figure it out myself and grief. I'm trying to figure it out myself and addiction, and I'm trying to figure it out myself. God is saying some of that should have driven you to lower yourself. Yeah. In suffering, God's people have to give themselves completely over to him. Yeah. Humble yourselves. It is as though the suffering is designed to bow you down. Yeah. I remember hearing Pastor Hood preach a sermon once, and, and, and he, he did an example. I can't do the example physically right now, but um, he did the example, and he says that God don't just bless you. Because if all God did was bless you, you would be top-heavy. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> you'll be, he said, you'll be top heavy like this here. If all he did was put blessings on your shoulders, then he said, you'll be top heavy, daddy. He said, Miss Lisa, he said, you, you can't want even to stand up. He said, so what God will do, he'll sit a burden on your back. Okay, don't worry about it. He'll sit a burden just to stand you back up. See, that suffering has a way of showing you your limitations, but also make you depend on God and humble yourself to know, Father, I can't do this. I'm going to trust you through this. Actually, I'm going to trust you so much, I'm going to give it to you so I can continue to be productive for you. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Humble yourselves before the Lord. Mm -hmm. Verse 6 and 7. Your second point is resist the devil. Verse 89. Now, when you look at, for, for, you, for my preachers and my people that like to study the Bible, you can kind of see a pattern in here. You'll see that he'll say something, but you got to go back and get something. Mm -hmm. So he'll say, even though verse 9 says resist him, but verse 8 tells you how to. Right? Verse 6 says, humble yourself, but verse 5 tells you why you got to. Yeah, yeah. So you can see how he'll say it, then he make you go get it, but you read it first, but you missed the sign. Mm -hmm. How to grow through what I'm going through. First of all, I gotta humble myself before the Lord. Second of all, we must resist the devil. Yeah. Okay. I just want to let everybody in here know that has that is suffering, will suffer, and going to suffer. Just because you're suffering don't mean the devil got enough compassion on you to take a day off to. You know how you show up to fight, but the person you want to fight can't fight. The devil is not rescheduling the fight. Uh, it is so fun. I love boxing. So I'm getting ready to watch boxing, and as the boxing date of the, the fight itself approaches, if one boxer breaks his hand, the other boxer says, no, I don't want to fight you like that. I want you to be at 100%. So he'll wait for that boxer to heal so he can be at 100%. Then they'll reschedule the fight so they can both fight when they're at their best. That is not Satan. Satan can't wait till you suffer. And just because you suffering, just because you in woe is me, just because you in grief, just because you got financial issues, just because you under addiction, Satan say, ain't saying, oh, man. <laughs> Satan ain't taking a day off because you took one. <laughs> and I can tell you the reason why. The reason why the devil tries, the reason why is that the devil tries to control how you handle the, how you handle the suffering because he knows the purpose of the suffering. Yeah. See, the devil knows if you understand that what I'm suffering through is designed to grow me up. If I'm, if, 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 if I'm suffering, he knows it's designed to grow me close to God. He knows if I'm suffering, it's designed to grow me up. It's designed to mature me. It's designed to make sure I'm grown enough to where he can't deceive me. That's why he sees suffering as an opportunity to separate you from God. He'll tell you what well, God understands what you're going through. You don't have to go to church. He'll say God understands what you're going through. You don't have to perform the task that God told you to do. God get it. What kind of God? I can hear Satan preaching to. What kind of God says it's okay to not obey him because you're suffering? 
Well, I look at the fact that Jesus, even though he suffered, still obeyed the scripture. It says even though all that he suffered, he suffered more than anybody else, and he didn't even deserve it, but he suffered for a reason. Every time Jesus did something, he says, and he did this so that the scriptures could be, oh, hello, somebody. Jesus did not allow what he suffered to get him off the path and the process that God had intended for his life. How many times do we take our ball and go home because we suffer? See, the devil is trying to convince you that God understands if you stop serving because you are suffering. Even in your suffering, listen at what the scripture says. Verse 8 says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Hold on. In, in, in some verses, it'll say, be alert and be watchful. Why is he telling them, even though I understand your suffering, you still got to pay attention? You still got to be watchful. And I can tell you why he's saying that. Look at the verse. Your adversary. Hold on. Just because you're suffering don't mean you don't have an enemy. We got to pay attention. We got to be alert. Why? He's still your enemy. He's still on the prowl. And he's still looking to devour. Yeah. That's the easiest part that Satan does. Satan is not looking for the group of sheep that's with a group of sheep. Satan is looking for the sheep that it's easy to be separated from the pack. Yeah. Satan is not looking for the sheep in front. He's looking for the sheep that's lagging behind. Yeah. And he says, I can find that when you suffer. Oh, when suffering happens, Satan shows up. When suffering happens, Satan say, hey, you good? You don't know he's coming to fight. You don't know he's still your enemy. You don't know he's still coming to devour you. And what he does is he can't devour you when you're with God. So what he does is separate you from God, make you think God don't care what you're dealing with. And then he try to make you think ain't nobody else going through this but you. God picking on you. Oh, you serving God, but you got a death in the family. You serving God, but they closed your business. You serving God, but COVID is here. You serving God, and somebody got killed. You serving God, but now you got diabetes. You serving God, and Satan is saying, look, why serve a God that you got to serve like that, and he lets you end up like that? These are the ploys of Satan, and he attaches to our suffering. He used our suffering to separate us from God. He sees this as an opportunity. That's why he says resist the devil. Yeah. We got to resist the devil. Now the next verse tells us how to resist the devil. First point. How to, go, how to grow through what we go through. First point is what? Y'all remember? Humble yourself before the Lord. Good. See, I, I know the sermon. I need you to remember it so you can do it and then share it. Yeah. Next point is what? Resist, Resist the, devil. the devil. Your third point is trust in the Lord. Yeah. Trust in the Lord. Pastor, where you get that from? The text. Resist him. Firm in your faith. Verse 9. Firm in your faith. Wait a minute. The way that you resist the devil is to remain firm in your dependence on God. Yeah. The way that you resist the devil is to trust that God got this worked out. Yeah. Because what the devil is going to try to do is make you think you are going through this by yourself. The devil is going to try to make you think that God is picking on you. How I know that, Pastor? Because Peter uses this text to encourage us. He says, stand firm in your faith, which means trust that God knows what's going on. Trust that God ain't picking on you. And trust that God has given you. Now watch this. He's letting you know that you ain't the only one going through this. The same thing Jesus tells Peter is the same thing Peter's telling us. 
when he says that after you survive in strength with Satan through the words of Christ, through the words of God, you come back and strengthen your brothers. Because I want to let you know right here, your family ain't the first one that's been hit with somebody with addiction. Your family ain't the first one that has been hit with somebody with a medical issue or a job issue or a children issue or somebody in jail or a legal issue. You can't get to woe is me till you sit down and just let the world pass you by because it's just going through. Jesus is saying, what good is it for you to go through if you don't grow through? I got to trust. Look at what he's telling you to trust. First of all, stand firm in your faith. You know who he is. Well, in my suffering, it reveals who God is to me, how much I need him. Because how many of you had a cold? And no matter what you took, did nothing change. And what happens is we say, well, man, I took something, but it's still the same way. It's like I've tried everything. But have you really handed it over to God? Which simply saying, now watch this, I still may be in grief, but I'm in grief with God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, God is handling my grief, so I can still do what he's telling me to do. Because if I stop moving, I'm giving ammunition and access and opportunity to Satan. And then Satan has a way of separating me from the same God that sent suffering to grow me. Trust in God. He wants you to trust that you're not the only one going through this. He wants you to trust that you'll make it through, and when you make it through, well, you should have the courage to make it through because you've seen others make it through. And trust that God, watch this, and trust that God is expecting you to grow. The last thing that you need to trust is that my suffering won't be forever. Did we not just see that in verse 6 when he said at the proper time? Yeah. After you suffered for a little while. Now, God could have said after you suffer forever. After you suffer for a long time. Yeah, yeah. No, but he says, see, this is why it's good to trust God. Why? Because you know that your suffering won't last. It, it really gives the definition to that says that weeping endure for night. Yeah. But joy come in the morning. And everybody is excited about the morning, but everybody got a question is how long is the night? Mm, yeah. But the fact that we know. That God is there. Yeah. Simply says, however long I'm in this, he with me. Yeah. I think it was Brother Bradford who preached in his first sermon that he was talking about being buckled in. Mm -hmm. And even though you may still have an accident, you may still veer off course, you may still find yourself in a wreck, but as long as you buckled in, All right. yeah. you may still, because watch this, you still got to suffer, yeah. and it's still going to hurt. Yeah. But the issue is, is do you trust God enough to give it to him? And let him lead you through the process, or will you stand on your own and think you can do it? Or will you just sit there, close your eyes, and say hocus pocus and do all these different type of things and thinking when you open your eyes, it's gonna be gone. But I'm trying to let somebody know right now that when you shut your eyes on grief, you're gonna wink up and wake up and look, and grief gonna be doing this to you. I've been waiting on you to get up. But the difference is when you lower yourself, yeah. watch this, it puts God between you and grief. Yeah. Okay? It yeah. puts Jesus between you and financial problems. When you allow him to do what he do, when you trust him, when you when you resist the devil, when you rely fully on him, yeah. you are still down in suffering, but now you got a buffering between you and your suffering. Mm -hmm. And that's Jesus. 
That's that Holy Spirit. That's why it's so important that we humble ourselves. It's so important that we resist the devil. It's so important that we trust in the Lord. Last but not least, and I'm done, is that we wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Before I go to the text, I want to just, just throw this out there for the sake of argument. To simply say, it is easy to pray, but it's hard to wait. Because we want the answer to our prayer right then. As soon as we say amen, open our eyes and stand up, it needs to be done, right? That's what we say, it is finished. That's what we tell God when we pray. <laughs> we say, to test it out, it is finished. But God is saying, now that you trust me enough to tell me, you trust me enough to give it to me, can you wait to hear how I respond? And Pastor, what are we doing while we wait? We watching God work stuff out. Okay. The first thing we got to do is suffer first. We got to suffer first. That's what it said. After you have suffered for a little while. See, before he answers, you got to suffer first. He says, and after he suffer, after we suffer, he equips us. How does he equip us in our suffering? When you depended on him, he was equipping you. When you was counting on him, he was equipping you. Watch this. Remember in the text, 2 Timothy, it tells you that the man of God will be thoroughly equipped, thoroughly equipped, lacking nothing, which means you will basically almost have everything you need when you trust God. You are, you'll be well equipped when you humble yourself. You will be well equipped when we resist giving opportunity to the devil. You will be well equipped when we trust God. Look at what he says. That after you have suffered, but he says suffer first. Oh, look at whoever's sitting next to you and say, be ready to suffer first. Pastor, why would you open up a new year by telling us to be ready to suffer first? Because I don't want when suffering hits you to surprise you. Yeah. I want you to be prepared because suffering is coming. If you don't believe me, just think back three days into last year. Somebody suffered. Oh, I wish I wasn't by myself. So not only will he say we're going to first suffer, he said he's going to equip us. He says, he, now look at who's going to do it. After you have suffered for a little while, the God. Then he explains who he is. He's the God of all grace. Yeah. Ah, there is no grace being offered without God. Yeah. What God? That same God that has called you. Well, hello, hello, somebody. All right. All right. What he has called you. He has called you children of God. Yeah. He's called us. What a good message for the new year. He has called us. The same God of grace. But then he says where he called us from. And how he called us from. He called us from his glory. But the only way we see his glory is in Christ. So not only that same God says, first you got to suffer. He said, but I, I'm going to equip you. Then he says, I'm going to confirm you. Oh my, oh my. Yeah. 
which means if you respond properly through suffering, if you depend on me through suffering, my stamp of approval has been on you. So now that you've been conferred, when others see you, they'll know I brought you through. Yeah, that's good. They'll know the importance of growing through. Yeah. What you're going through. But then he says, after, after you suffer first, and he equips us and confirms us, it says he'll put and establish a foundation under us. Which means that he'll take our feet out of the miry clay and put it upon the rock to stay. He has confirmed us by what Jesus has already done on the cross. That's that established. You have been established because you have counted on me. You have been established because you've given me your cares and your worries. You have been established because through your faith and your trust in me, you resist the devil. See, it's not just good for you to stop doing that. Because if you stop and stay, you got a problem. See, if I stop doing wicked, but I don't return to God, I'm just so close to my wickedness. But if I turn on my wicked ways, right? And then it says return. You got to distance yourself. He's saying, I'm confirming you. I have equipped you. I have strengthened you. I have put a foundation under you. But you got to suffer first. Yeah. Be ready to grow through what you go through. Suffering not only helps the believer grow, but it also equips us for the next suffering to come. Yeah. This is why testimony is so important. That if you have conquered alcoholism, stand and let somebody know how God did it through you. Give God the glory. Humble yourself to tell the story. Trust God enough to resist the devil. Trust in God. And then wait for it. Wait for God to give you an opportunity to tell somebody else how you made it. Because we are Christians, God plants us. Oh, after this, you don't like this. God plants us in order to grow us. Yeah, yeah. He didn't bury us. Right. See, because when you bury something other than Jesus, when you bury something, it was meant to be left there. Yeah, yeah. But God don't bury his people. He plants us. Yeah. And he plants us with the expectation to grow us. Yeah, yeah. And so what he does is he waters us with his grace yeah. and fertilizes us with suffering. All of this is so we can grow in independence in him and grow to be usable by him. Hello again, this is Faith. Thank you so much for allowing us to share the word of God with you today. But if you would like to witness a live presentation of the word of God, join us Sunday mornings at 1045 at the Logos and Life Community Church, 8805 Juwella Avenue, Suite 121 in Shreveport, Louisiana. And again, we say thank you. And we pray that the word you received was a blessing and an enhancement to your life. And may God continue to bless you. This is our prayer.